So not only are we removing plastic, we're also making ourselves food resilient, food secure, and we're reversing climate change at the same time. You're listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. Welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast and a special guest interview episode. So if this is your first time here with us, welcome, welcome to you. We hope that you stay a while, hang out with us, pop into a few episodes, and just enjoy yourself. And if this is your 100th time here, welcome back. We love you, love you, love you. So we did this interview because we thought the idea behind this company was extremely worthwhile to share. And we would love to see something like this in the States because right now it is only in New Zealand. So who and what am I talking about? This interview is with Jaden Kleinick, the founder of For the Better Good, a company in New Zealand that is looking to change our relationship with the environment by first changing the way we use plastic bottles. So what did Jaden do? He developed a closed system where his compostable bottles are dropped in boxes, there's over a hundred of them, throughout New Zealand. And since For the Better Good owns their own composting sites, seven of them, these bottles, the bottles by the way say, this is not a plastic bottle as you know it on there, very cool looking bottle. These bottles, they are transformed into usable soil, which For the Better Good, of course, uses it to grow food in their urban garden. So it's a really cool system that For the Better Good has developed that eliminates waste. And if you've ever bought a plastic bottle at a corner store or 7-Eleven and you wish it was compostable, this is a great podcast for you. Or maybe perhaps you are the entrepreneurial type and you have an idea that you want to bring into reality, into the RL. This is also an inspiring story of how to make your own company. And personally, I think it is a great moral tale about how with the little dash of creativity and the right mindset, We can build a better future for the planet by doing things smarter. So here's our interview with Jaden. I hope you really enjoy it and I will see you on the other side. I actually started my first company when I was 22 called Honest Coffee and we launched the first um, compostable capsule from Nespresso machines um, into New Zealand and Australia. but that was more more learnings for me and realizing that a bit of material alone or just a bit of product wasn't going to save us. And that was what really opened my eyes up to the systematic change that we that we need. It needs to be a systems level and we can't just focus on one part of the life cycle and needed to start broadening thinking to, to every step of the way. Um, and then with starting for the better good, it became quite simple. It was going, well, we're using lots of plastic. Um, it's actually got some benefits to it over glass and other things except there is a whole bunch of negatives and how can we look at those negatives and redesign them into positives so suddenly we're getting rid of the bad stuff and 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 turning them into good things yeah um, and, and just just so, so people know for for their better good is the plastic bottle right you guys are trying to basically get rid of the plastic bottle yeah well for the better goods it's it's just become a bit of a parent company to to three businesses that we're doing all towards this um living more regeneratively collaborating more with people and, and working with nature as opposed to against it. Um, okay. So we can, we can break that down a little bit um, as we go. Um, but basically how the system, how the system came about and how it works is 
we wanted to um, redesign all the negatives out of plastic. So we, we instead of making them from oil, we started making them from plants. Um, instead of single use, we made them reusable and set up free refill stations all throughout New Zealand. So realizing that normally people buy a bottle of water out of convenience when they're out and about, we tried to mitigate yeah. that by offering free refills. Can you can you walk me through like the life cycle of a customer? So like if customer sees a for the better good bottle, can you walk me through that whole life cycle of them? Yeah, so they'd see a bottle and where they'd normally, like when I came up with it, I was on a seven hour drive and I needed water. I didn't have a reusable bottle with me. And my, I went into a petrol station, which is your option to buy water here. And the whole fridge was full of plastic bottles. Right. And I just felt a little bit defeated that I was thirsty. I needed water as a human, but I didn't want to support oil. And I didn't want to buy plastic that I needed for one day and it would outlive my grandkids. Yeah, good point. So our customer journey is that you can go in and at that point, you've got one of our bottles available to you. So you can buy that. You're not supporting oil. It's non-toxic and reusable. So then you, you've got a reusable bottle all of a sudden instead of ending up with a single-use bottle. You can use that bottle for as long as you want, a month, a year, um, however long until it kind of you feel like you need a new one. Mm-hmm. And then when you're done, we've got hundreds of drop-off points throughout New Zealand where you can return that bottle and put it in a – we've got a big brand saying this is not a bin, it's our better collection boxes. So you can put the bottle back in. We collect it ourselves, and then it goes – depending on where you returned it, it will go to one of our own composting sites where we'll compost it along with food waste we divert from landfill. And then we've just started using all that compost now to um, start urban farms and grow organic food. We just got certified organic yesterday. So That's grow awesome. organic food for communities and businesses in the local area. So if when I, when I, when I go in and I, and I get the bottle, okay, I, I finish my, I finish my water. Is there somewhere, is there like, uh, I, is there somewhere to refill it or, or I can just keep using that bottle and then bring it to one of the bins when I'm done with it? Both. So there's places you can refill it. Or you can you can just use it as a reusable bottle. However you however you'd use a reusable bottle, like like what you're drinking out of now, you've yeah, got yeah. that, and and you can refill it when you're out at one of our free refill stops. You can fill it up at home before you go out. That's up to you. But instead of create using oil and and using something once and creating plastic waste that's here forever, it's just plants. You can use it as many times as you want, and you are actually helping. Every t- bottle we get back, we have to divert food waste from landfill as well, and then we make compost, and then we grow food in a regenerative way, which obviously sequesters carbon and feeds people at a local level. Awesome. So first, so first you got, you got, you got the, you got the bottle, take the bottle. Okay. Then recycle the bottle. Then the bottle goes into composting and then you're growing food on that composting, which draws down the carbon into those plants. Exactly. Very cool. And then build, builds the soil and feeds those people in that community without having trucks bringing food in and out and all of that, all of that jazz. Yeah. Um, so how are the bottles made? How do you how do you make the bottles in the first place, and why is it so much better than a normal plastic bottle I might find in a store? Well, a normal plastic bottle, we're, we're pulling oil out of the earth, which I think we don't probably don't need to dive too deep into that. I don't know if anyone's standing out there going, "I love oil." Let's just keep doing that. Um, and so instead, it's it's plants growing, which are sequestering carbon as they grow, and then we take the starch element out of that plants, ferment it, turn it into a polymer, and then make our bottles. That's how we currently make them. And we're um, currently working on a, a new new technology at the moment that we should be launching in the next couple of years. We're actually using bacteria to make our materials. So nature's been making this this bacteria for, for millions of years that um, has been in the 80s. It was realized it could be a plastic replacement. So basically, we now are taking organic waste, putting them in big silos. And um, for fermentation, we add microbes from local local microbes and bacteria. We grow bacteria. 
Mm-hmm. And then that bacteria is alive and we make it think it's going into winter. So like humans or animals, it starts to tense up and stores all its energy in little pockets. We then harvest those little pockets out and compound that into a natural plastic replacement. So it, so is the goal to complete that complete system, right? So like when you, when you do recycle that plastic and you make it into, or sorry, when you do recycle your bottle and make it into composting, that the plants that grow on it or the bacteria are then used to create more of the bottles and then, then it's like a regenerative system like that. Exactly. And it's, it's, there's lots of those little loops within our systems. You know, we'll take coffee grounds and coffee chuffs from a coffee roaster. We'll compost them. Then we'll grow greens and organic rocket and stuff that they need in their sandwiches back in their cafe. And then we can actually sell them straight back in there. So to create all these little regenerative cycles within one. That's awesome. So e- economically, like, cause I, cause I can imagine one of the, you obviously know the hard parts of the business more than me, but one of the hard parts is probably when someone goes to a convenience store, so here they're, you know, it's, just, it's called a convenience store. Someone goes to a convenience store and they see all these plastic, these bottles, these huge water companies are very cheap. So is like, is that a difficulty for you guys to try and price match some of these other water bottle companies? No, that's just a game we don't play. Like we're, we're like to be fair, in a cafe environment, we're the same price as you'd find any other bottle in a cafe environment because. The ones that are making them super cheap are just adding heaps of margin. Um, we're, we're, we've got a life site where the first product that we're aware of when we're giving a price, you're not just paying for the product, you're paying for the end of life. And where most products now, there's an environmental effect that no one's paying for, but the environment. So in a sense, mm-hmm. everyone's paying for it. So we're incorporating that and people understand that. And I guess we're just going off the belief that people want to do good. And yes, we're a little bit more expensive in some instances like a supermarket, but in a cafe, we're the same, and and there's enough people out there that I think um, in their hearts they don't really want anything to do with plastic, and for an extra dollar, it's probably worth it to feel good that day. Yeah, I'd say, I, yeah, absolutely. So how are you, so how are you guys keeping everything? How, how long have you guys been running for? And then how are you keeping everything running? Do you get donation? Is it mainly donations? Is it funding, or is it the margin made on the product? Yeah, we're we're a social enterprise, so. Um, we're somewhere in between a, a, a not for well, we're it's, we're for profit, but our profit goes back into building farms and composting and setting up infrastructure. So we've managed to build a self-sustainable business. We don't take donations or anything like that. I I never wanted to rely on handouts. I, I heard a saying recently that you're not green if you're in the red, and and I yeah, believe that that's it's a not really that we're good, for that's profit. a really good one. It's not that we're for profit, but we can actually self-sustain and grow ourselves and be sovereign and independent. Um, that was always the goal, and and we've managed to do that um, through just building a very unique business model. That you know we can we can sell greens. We might be seen as a bottled water company. We're not like we're making money off selling organic greens. Yet we're selling bottles as well. Yeah, I think that's awesome too because it's even for a company that isn't making this awesome sustainable process, it is still hard to pull a margin and to keep going. And so when you add in right all the stuff, all the good stuff you guys are doing, it becomes even harder. And that's why it's so amazing that you guys are, you know, you guys are making money and have this system going. Um, yeah, it's, it's possible. It is possible, you know, but we're very different. Like we don't have a, we've got one office, but people work online. We use different business models. Like there's an old school way of doing business, which is very overhead heavy and, and just a bit clunky. And we're just yeah. kind of innovating in, in a way of the whole system in a way where we can make money off doing it, even though our, our margins are, are different to, to everyone else. And they're making bottles at a fraction of the price that we are. 
Yeah. So how, how long have you guys been running? And then how is your, how has your growth been? Because it seems like you say you have all those bins all over New Zealand, you know, it seems like you guys have been growing. So what's that been like? Yeah. So, uh, I had about three years of research and development where I, um, I was trying to develop the material and the bottle and get everything set up. And, and, and I thought it would take six months. It took three years, but then once yeah. launching, we launched, um, we launch, our, our third birthday is February the 18th next year. So we're coming up to our third year of actually being on the market. Um, and we, we were growing at, at, you know, 300% year on year for our first couple of years. And then as soon as um, COVID happened, we dropped 99% of revenue overnight. Sorry. Um, so we were building very quickly and building everything around it. And then every the kind of middle just fell out of it. And we've had to um, get pretty creative this year on, on how to stay afloat and keep going and keep everyone employed. But, but we've managed to do so. And, we're lucky to be in New Zealand where, as you say, COVID is is not as prominent and now it's summer. And if we had missed summer and if COVID was still here, we'd be in a very different situation. But um, yeah, we're, we're, we're very lucky to, to have made it through and now be now be bouncing back. Good for you, man. Good job. Good, good, good job getting through that. Um, so what's been the, what's been the hardest part or the hardest, I guess, the hardest part about competing with this business model? Ah, man, there's um there's been many challenges like you know, it was my understanding when I started that we wouldn't have to do the composting ourselves because there was already compost sites. Um, so we kind of headed off in that direction and then suddenly these compost sites weren't as good or, or weren't exactly everything they were cracked up to be. So I realized I had to do it myself just to be able to give our customers that 100% confidence that they were getting composted in the right way. We were using that compost to regenerate the earth. You know, we weren't just composting them as a waste management. Right. We're actually composting them as a way to 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 create regenerative cycles. Um, so that was quite challenging, obviously, with no budget and no resources and, and being a startup to actually have to build out public infrastructure like collection systems and composting, which is what normally the government does. Yeah, like the waste, um, like the waste bins that you guys have, have put around. It's brutal. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 to be honest, like it's it's synchronicities. How how all of that happened, like it was just the right people turning up at the right time, and like we definitely in terms of like possibilities it was impossible what we did it was just had the right things happen at the right time and we've managed to um to build it out with with lots of with lots of luck and support um and and then in terms of biggest challenges though like we're still up against some of the biggest companies in the world i remember um in a marketing paper at university and um, the biggest joke in marketing in universities at least in new zealand is you never start a bottled water company because you'll never get anywhere because the marketing budgets are so big, it's already wrapped up, it's flooded, you know? Yeah. And we didn't set out to, to add another bottle to that market. We just set out with a bottle because we realized it was something that could reach everyone in the world. So it's the perfect billboard to spread a message. Um, but we still come up, up against the big guys. You know, we we cracked a pretty good contract a few years ago with a, with a really big stadium here in New Zealand. And it was the coolest system, you know? So it's a sports stadium, perfect environment for us. Right, we perfect for you guys, yeah. We set up collection all around the outside. We there was refill stations all around it. So instead of what normally happened, people were going to get in these plastic cups this big, filling it up, drinking, throwing it away, carrying yep. their beers back to their seat. They were suddenly getting reusable bottles, filling them up throughout the whole day during a cricket match or a rugby game or whatever it was, and then returning them. And then we even set up composting on site. So all of those bottles we collected were composted at the stadium with food waste at the stadium. And now we're growing food and, and fruit trees and things at the stadium. Um, so that was the perfect model. It was amazing for us at the time. It was the biggest contract we had. And we actually signed a contract with them to say we were the exclusive supplier for a year. 
And um, that lasted one cricket game. And then <laughs> some people started getting their hands in the air, some of the bigger companies and no. players throwing their weight around. And suddenly um, I'm in the CEO's office and he's telling me that um, we're, we're out despite our contract. They just got paid $250,000 to take the old guys back and they're a commercial business. And, Holy and shit. Down. <laughs> That's so fucking we, awful. We, there's just nothing you can do there, you know? <laughs> That is, dude. That must have been. That's so brutal, dude. I'm sorry, but you had, you had it. You were in there. You were in there. You can get in there again. Look, Somewhere it was else. A positive, to be honest. If we're um, if we're shaking the tree that much, um, then then there's obviously they're they're going to have to start thinking in different ways. You know, like it shows that we are more expensive, but people will pay it, and there's a better way to do things, and you'll get customer and business support then that's what's going to make these big guys go, oh, maybe this that jump isn't so scary. Maybe this is what the customers want. So I saw it as a positive um, that that we would actually get taken notice of that much when I mean, yeah, that was in our sure. first year of business. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty early days. When I, when I look at like the a closed system like that, sporting event, music festival, what have you, it is the. It seems to me like a very good system for you guys because you can have the composting right there. And not only that, but you get your name out to a ton of people that haven't seen it before. Um, and when I when I think about like you guys, you know, coming to the US, it's like, is that the way to try and do that, to try and get into one of these festivals where people will be like, oh, this is really cool. It's a reusable bottle. I'm not just like throwing stuff away. Exactly, man. They are the perfect environment. I think for us, well, for me anyway, like we got, if we do a music festival, we get average 90% of bottles back, but there's still that 10% that leave and because it's a reusable bottle, we also don't want to discourage that because we want to encourage people to use it for as long as possible. So it's really also good to have the system outside nationwide where that 10% can go out, reuse that bottle for six months and then still return it. Um, but, but, but in those environments like music festivals and things, then the, the impact you have is amazing because you're pretty much removing a whole waste sector out of these events and festivals. And instead of creating plastic waste or even recycling, which obviously still uses a whole bunch of energy and it can mm -hmm. still only be recycled a, a certain amount of times we're creating compost and food as the result um so yeah, it's kind of positive awesome. the whole way through um so as far as far as like as far as tech technology like with the with the composting with using bacteria what's your vision for the future for you guys like what's your dream when you dream about the company and you're like this is what i want to be at what's your what's your dream i just see waste as an absolute design flaw I think yeah, waste, sure. is, waste is something that's always existed in nature, if you want to look at it that way, but it's never persisted. So I like to use the analogy of a, of, a, of a leaf, for example, and that's how I think our products can actually operate when we design in harmony with nature, where a tree grows, it, it produces a leaf, that leaf then acts as a solar panel to, to photosynthesize the, the light and create sugars to feed the earth, but that leaf isn't indestructible. Right. So if that leaf was indestructible, you know, autumn would come and then the tree would drown itself, kind of like what we're doing. But instead, it makes it usable for a certain amount of time. And then when it's done in its useful life, it drops off, returns to the earth and its nutrients go back into the cycle. We can design everything that way. Like, yeah. you know, why would we make it plastic or things that are indestructible? Because nature just doesn't do that. So my vision of the future is just to design in harmony with nature. And I, and I strongly believe, and I guess we've proven it, we can design waste out of the system altogether. Yeah, I think you guys have you guys have definitely proven that. Don't you, don't you feel that like if if everyone used if everyone used your system, we could get rid of plastic. If we were using this kind of regenerative system, we could absolutely get rid of it. 
well, yeah, 100% get rid of plastic, but that's only the start. Like if, if we if we adapted the system everywhere, or even say throughout the whole of New Zealand, for an example, not only would we get rid of plastic and have to stop bringing oil out, out of the earth, we'd also be we'd also be diverting more food waste to compost them, which means we'd be creating more compost and building more soil, which means we're sequestering more carbon and actually reversing climate change. It means we're growing more nutrient-dense nutrient food because we're using compost and we're doing it organically. Mm -hmm. That means we cut out all the fertilizers as well and chemicals that are bad for us and bad for our environment. And then suddenly we've got local food sources because we don't want to ship bottles everywhere, so we build it all locally and decentralized. So not only are we removing plastic, but we're also making ourselves food resilient, food secure, and we're reversing climate change at the same time. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You guys are doing great. Dude, that sucks about the cricket match. That is su such a tight, <laughs> that's such a huge thing. I can't even imagine that's so bright. But you're right. If you shook the tree of like the big guys, you know, you're taking some of their market share. At least maybe they're seeing that you're taking some of the market share of whatever they want. So that's big. That's big stuff, dude. Congratulations. <laughs> Hopefully you guys get back in there with pro sports. I hope so. Um, we, we, we still do some composting and stuff there and, and we can still use the composting site that we help set up. So that's a positive. And I'd say it will only be a matter of time, you know, and whether it's us getting back in there or they switch and do something better, it's all, it's all towards the same goal. Yeah. As far as enter, as far as leaving New Zealand and coming to like a different market, like the U S what have been the barriers there or, or, you know, what are your goals in that sense? Um, well, I've been, um, I see New Zealand as a bit of an, an innovation sandpit. Like we've got like 5 million people. We've got lots of different diversities. We've got quite a big land mass. So right now it's kind of really perfecting this blueprint on how a regenerative system can be built to design waste out completely. Um, we have had offers of going overseas that we've kind of hold, we're holding off on it just because I'm not. I want to be able to be 100% confident that we can build out the entire system. I'm not interested in just saying, hey, here's a better bottle. It's compostable. Good luck. Let's sell millions. I actually want to know that the whole system's there. And and right now, I don't have the capacity to and to move to the US and make sure that that could happen. And, and it's just more about doing it right rather than trying to sell heaps of bottles. So it's not so much a, a hindrance. It's just more a timing thing. Yeah. And that we're once we're confident that we can do it in a way that's proper and not just a half-ass attempt to, to and selling lots of bottles but actually having the impact we want to have then then would make to look to make the move yeah so once you can so the the, the cyclical system that you guys have of basically getting rid of waste once you can perfect that i can imagine that's very difficult to really get down to where you want it to uh, be it's it's not it's not difficult it just it's um it actually makes a whole lot of sense like nature teaches us a lot like looking at nature we're just trying to replicate that it's just more that the environment in New Zealand is different to the environment in Hong Kong, which is different to the environment in the US. And to be honest, we could come to the US tomorrow and probably start setting up. But the backlash that you'll get from 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 the plastics industries and, and all of the current people, it's just not worth picking those battles right now until we kind of really want to commit to a place and, and do it right. Yeah, I do. I just think when I see it, I just think people would dig it. Not like I just think people would dig it at music festivals. I just see like, cause the music festival has that, you know, they've got like a, it's like a positive vibe in the music festival. And if the water, if it's like this good water, it's such a good opportunity. I feel like people would just dig it there. That That's one thing we're looking into is potentially expanding um, into international markets and maybe just doing like one or two big music festivals right. to start. And oh just, my God. And just, you know, 
picking one festival and, and we'd compost on site, you know, so right. like we'd put, put all the bottles in, we'd take all the food waste, we'd take all the compostables, waste-free festival and there was no trucks moving things in and out. We'll, we'll, we will look into that. Um, but we're also super small and, and resource-wise and time-wise um, is, is also plays a, plays a factor as well. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, dude, just some general, some general questions. So me, so me and me and Adam, we, um, we started two software companies. We, we started, started a bar mitzvah software planning company, and then we started a short-term rental, um, accounting software. So we know how, we know how brutal it is, but, um, lowest moment of your business career. Oh, the lowest moment of my business career was probably, so at the start of For the Better Good, I, um, when I left my last company, I had someone approach me and be like, so what are you going to do next? And I was like, well, I want to, I want to get rid of plastic. I want to read it. I want to yeah. redesign the negatives in plastic. And he basically said, look, I want to financially support you in doing that. And, um, I was like, great. So I, I got a job anyway, and he gave me, he gave me some money. Um, and I started using that. I wasn't paying myself. I was just using it for research and development and started working on new materials and, I made, he gave me about a hundred grand and I made that hundred grand last three years, which is, you know, we were on a tight budget. I was living off 50 bucks a week at the time. For sure. Um, but I managed to build a company in that three years with that money. And, and we had a, we had a deal where I was giving him a certain amount of equity and over these three years, we had a great relationship and, and, and it was all going well. And then there was this one time just about two weeks before we launched, um, where I had six Americans actually fly over. And they wanted to buy 10 million bottles a year off us and build up to a billion over 10 years. Great. And we hadn't even launched. And um, they flew over. They came all the way from San Francisco. We got into this room. Yeah. And within 10 minutes, I wanted to walk out because I basically, they sat there and they go, look, we own all these distribution routes nationwide throughout the US. We own all these beer companies so we can just put them in the same trucks. And this is how we're going to sell 10 million bottles next year. And I said, cool, what about the end of life? You know, can we collect the empty bottles, put them back in the empty trucks and send them back to where they came from and do, do, some do your system, do your, do your system, the whole thing you want to do anyway. Exactly. And then the guy just turned around and goes, oh, look, no, we don't want anything to do with that. Um, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then carried on. And I just said, oh, sorry, well, we can't, we can't, we can't help you. Um, that's not what we, what we're here for. And um, then anyway, the conversation went on for about another half an hour. And by the end of it, they were saying, oh, we'll do the system. We'll do the system. But I knew in their hearts that, they, were they weren't going to do the system. You made the right choice. They were not <laughs> going to do. Let me tell you, they were not going to do the system. They were not going to do the system. So, I walked out of that room pretty, pretty. I was fine. I was like, wow, that would have been cool, but not the right people. And we haven't even launched. We got a lot to do. You know, we want to build a strong reputation. We don't want to just shoot up, make a whole bunch of money, and then fall over. Um, and the guy that had put the money in also came to the meeting and turned around and said, "Hey, man, I want fifty percent of the company." And I said, "What do you mean?" He goes. I need 50% of the company because you just said no to a deal I want to say yes to. And if that ever pops up again, I want to make sure we can say yes to it. And I explained where my values were. And it was clear we had a value misalignment. And this was after three years and already a deal that we had agreed on three years ago and been working to. And it all of a sudden changed. Anyway, long story short, I basically couldn't give them 50% of the company, even if I thought it was right it's not the best way to, to, to start a business or, or, or to work a partnership. Um, and that got pretty, pretty messy. And basically I got an email from the lawyer a week later being saying, Hey, you owe $120,000. You've got two weeks to pay it or we're taking over the company. And, um, Oh my God. I went, 
<laughs> I went to my lawyer and said, hey, look, this is this is wrong. Here's all the evidence to say that right. this is wrong. Can we fight it? He goes, yeah, you can fight it, but it'll probably cost you about 60 days. Exactly, because then you have to pay your lawyer to fight the thing, which is like literally the fucking worst. You're like, like this isn't even right, but I'm going to lose tons of money anyway. It sucked. So I was in this real juxtaposition, I guess. I was in between a rock and a hard place. And um, anyway, so I had two weeks to pay 120 grand. I had no money. I'd been living off 50 bucks a week for years. Top ramen. And I was, Eating top ramen I was on the about, couch. I was also about to fly to India in two weeks' time to go stay in an ashram for a few weeks with no cell phone reception. And um, I just kind of looked at the situation and, and realistically, how can you just get 120 grand in two weeks when you've got no money? You can't. You cannot. And, and um, I made a few phone calls and I managed to get in the room with a couple of people and they're like, I was like, look, I need this. I've got this idea. Um, we, you know, we're not even making money at the moment, but it's going to be great. And they're like, cool. Where's your forecasting? Where's your spreadsheets? Right. Where's this? And I was yeah. like, oh, I don't have that. You know, <laughs> I don't do numbers really well. So I don't have any of that. And I was lucky enough to get two guys that just believed in me, I guess, as a person. Within three days, I had the money in my bank account. I paid the guy back. Um, and then I shot over to India and went to India in the pool for six weeks and then came back. And, and that was that was a dark moment, but the overwhelmment and it all probably hit when I got back and realized I was now all, so much money in debt. I had borrowed this money to build this business. I wasn't earning any money. I needed more money to grow the business and employ yeah. people. And right. just a, a really overwhelming position of losing a relationship over business, which is never nice. And being in this position with taking on all this money, and I just remembered just driving to the top of this hill and just breaking down, crying, and wanting to quit and go work at McDonald's. Dude, <laughs> I just wandered out of there. <laughs> I've been there. We've been there. We've been there. You're there right now. I'm there. I'm kind of, kind of there. I'm kind of there right now, to be honest, with, with, with one of these businesses. Let me close this window real fast. Uh, there we go. Dude. That's a crazy story. So what? So what happened after like after that moment after you after you broke down? I broke down, and then I realized I couldn't quit even if I wanted to because I owed all this money. And yep. if I went to work at McDonald's, I don't know how long it would have taken me to pay back that debt, and that just didn't seem that fun either. Um, so I got up the next day and just kept going. And I feel like that was that moment for me where I was on the edge of the cliff, and I either had to jump or or just you know stay there and see what happens. And I I just jumped, and I just something came over me and I just, I started living in a van and just driving around, hustling my water into whoever would take it and worked so far beyond what my capacity was previously and just got this thing going no matter what. We, we had no resources and just became really resourceful. And as soon as I feel like I took that leap, I started kind of getting all the support and people showing up and the right people came and started working for, for free in the early days, you know, and, and then I could start paying them before I could pay myself. And and then the, you know, the deals came and people heard about us. Someone did an article about us. We won an award and it just started to grow organically from there. Like we spent 500 bucks on marketing in our, in our first year, yet we, we got all this reach and we grew and, and did all this just because of this organic, um, I guess, support we were getting after taking that leap and, and really hitting, hitting rock bottom for a bit. Yeah, dude, that is a great story. That's, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm on the mountain crying. There's one business that I have that I'm, I'm on the mountain. I kind of just sit at my desk with my head in my hands. I don't really, I don't really know what to do. Uh, but I'm hoping maybe I can push through like you. That's amazing. So you really just had to like hustle through it. Yeah, and it's happened multiple times. You know, that's one thing that just pops to mind. But for me, I think those moments of like real intense struggle or overwhelmment or like when it just feels like there's no way out, 
just pushing through that little bit has seems to be where all the gold is. I've found it happens over and over and it gets to that peak where you just want to quit. And if you don't, the gold miner that works that you need to push through that resistance. And um and, and once you're gonna get through then um sorry, I can hear myself repeating in my ears. Yeah, sorry. That's it. Um but yeah, I just feel that those moments are really defining and once you get through them, that's kinda of where all the magic is. So it's worth it's worth the struggle and you just kinda of need to keep trusting and pushing through. That's awesome, man. I love it. Um, highest moment of your business career. Shift gears something to something positive. Best moment. Getting that cricket contract uh, is probably pretty pretty high up there. I can imagine. Man, I've had I've had many. I've um meeting meeting the, the Royals was quite cool. Um, when when Prince Harry and Megan came to New Zealand, I was invited to meet them. I also got taken taken to Africa. We did a project um, with a foundation where hundred percent of the profit from our bottles went to Uganda and I wanted to see the operation before committing to it. So they flew me to Uganda and I got to cruise around rural Uganda hanging out with all these kids for a few weeks. That was amazing. Um uh, yeah, they're they're probably some they're probably some highlights. Um just recently we won we won the impact award for climate here in new zealand which um awards are awards but just getting recognized for our work in climate rather than recognized for our work in business or our product was really cool so people actually saw our why as opposed to just what we do um and just to be honest man every day is is pretty special we've got a really beautiful team and we have a lot of fun and and it's i just feel like i'm um I'm I'm really living living my purpose and, and 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 that kind of fills me up every day, which is probably all I could ever ask for. Absolutely, doing the thing you love, doing the thing you want to do, and it's working. Yeah. That's it. that's um, it. dude, two more questions. Book recommendation. If you had to give people one thing for them to read, what would you give them? I would have to go with "Let My People Go Surfing." That's a good one. I've read oh, that. The Patagonia book. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. He's a cool dude. Yeah. He's a cool He's dude. A cool dude. Dude, that's crazy. There was no client. He was like the first one to make climbing gear in the U.S. and like handmade it, handmade it all. It's wild stuff. Yeah, and just it's his whole philosophy and what he's done. You know, he's really walking the talk. Yeah, he's built that private company. He's built a big company, and and they're doing green, and they're also in the green. So you know that proving the model has been important for for other corporations to look at and follow. I think. Yeah, that's a good point. He's like the the flag, like the use case for that, that you can, yeah, like you can make money and do something really good. His 1% thing is really, really cool too. The Patagonia 1%, um, that's awesome. Yeah, he's kind of the man for that actually. <laughs> so for sure, that's a really good book. Um, dude, what is your spirit animal? Oh. I've been given a few, you know, they say you have a spirit animal, but depending on who I'm looking, talking to or who's pulling the cards, it seems to change. So I don't know, but I've always, we've got these hawks here in New Zealand and, and every time they kind of fly over or fly past, they get a little tingly feeling that that's a good sign. So I'll go with, I'll go with our South Island hawks. Awesome. Hawk. Awesome. Hawk. 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 <laughs> dude, where, dude, where can people find you? Where can they support you? Um, I'm on Instagram, Jaden Kleinak, K-L-I-N-A-C. Um, and then there'll be links to our, some different projects there, like for the better good, edible earth, um, nudes, drinks, um, otherwise for the better good.com, edible earth.co.nz. Um, that should, that should be enough. You should be able to poke around and, and see the few different things that we do through there. Awesome, man. Guys, go find Jaden, go support him. He's getting rid of plastic. He's also kind of the man. <laughs> go help him out. <laughs> All right, so there's Jaden and his company for the better good. What do you think? 
I think it's pretty amazing that those water bottles will eventually turn into food for people to eat because they are compostable. I mean, it's a great system. It makes me think of other ways that we can turn waste into food and other usable things that we need. So if you want to learn more about For the Better Good, check out the link in the show notes, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening.